is a Zerbinator land production. Enjoy. Oh my god, the Boston accents in this movie were insane. I've been accused of... T- oh, Jerry, you gotta Come be on, kidding Jerry. me, Jerry. Come on. What was that? That looked important. Why are you knocking stuff over over there? It's in a manila envelope, you gamook. Yeah, it's stupid. Oh, wait. Strike. I think I'm doing New York. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Jerry, what, did you, what is it? It's papers. Got the papers. Got the papers. It's got the papers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> it has been a long time. Yeah, it has been a long time. Uh, both of us were sick. Very. That happened. I got the legit flu. Not just like a cold or a stomach thing. I got the actual flu this year. I got an illegitimate flu. It was <laughs> just a head cold and a sinus thing, but it was severe enough to keep me from recording for a while. In fact, if you listen to my voice, you can hear a little bit of it left over right there. right here. I think I might have a little bit too in there. Yeah. And then uh, what happened? Oh, we record on Wednesdays. And like three Wednesdays in a row, we got snowstorms. We did. So, and I'm down to one car. Yep, and I'm still at zero. <laughs> so that's the way life is. But, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. I'm sorry to yell at you like that. We're a blast. We're having a good time. We are a blast. And uh, today's movie. You know, we should open the show. But first, what? You know me. I'm a cop. You're a freaking cop? I'm a cop. You son of a bitch. You're a cop, but you're not a cop because I deleted you. Listen, I don't see no cop car. <laughs> hey, I have a cop car. It's downstairs, but it's parked in the garage. Where's your badge? It's over by the yard. Hi. Here's Johnny. You can't handle the truth. For theater, theater I'm funny how? I'm funny like I'm a clown. I abuse you. With Lewis. Get busy living or get busy dying. Get your t-shirt, get your t-shirt, get your t-shirt. Hey, Jenny, I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. Are you going to plagiarize the whole thing for us? For theater cats. Aye. Ah, cha-cha-cha. All of a sudden, it's the Irish cops. I can't do Irish very well. I... I grew up, like, in the New Haven area, so they're a little more influenced by New York. So every time I try, it's, like, more but you, New Yorker. you have a lot of Boston accent. I have a lot of uh, New England accent, I you think. Do. And people have been like, where are you from? And I'm like, what kind of... I thought only people the of color got asked that question. <laughs> the same planet you're from. Yeah, Earth. Is what you should say. I'm from freaking Earth. But we're doing, we're doing a movie about co-ops. About co-ops. Lots of, lots of talk of co-ops tonight. Cops uh, and gangsters. Cops and gangsters. Hello and welcome. This is going to be episode 10. Is it? Wow, we did it. Double digits, baby. Episode 10 of Theatercast. Pre-recorded live right here in the heart of Connecticut, here in the K-Max studios. Tonight we're going to discuss the movie that has to do a lot of with about a cops. Cops and gangsters, yep. Cops uh, and is, gangsters. This, this is, is your classic... Uh, the cops are after the bad guys, uh, there's lots of sting operations, undercovers, all that good stuff. And sometimes the bad guys are cops. Sometimes the bad guys are cops, and sometimes the cops are bad guys? I don't, it's crazy. And it's like, sometimes there can be good... Bu- what? I tell you what, go get your damn tickets, get your drinks, take your seats, for the show's about to begin. The Departed. This podcast has spoilers. Be warned. This is not a movie... 
about a train leaving the station. All right. No. There is violence. There is like 10 million uses of the F bomb. There is. Which I, we can say here because this is now uh, parentally advised. Oh. So we can say the F word if we wish to. Well, I'll tell you what. In, in my no, day to day life, I've been trying to not say the word fuck all that often. Then we shouldn't say fuck. Because, like, I started to get a dirty mouth, and then, like, I looked back and I was like, well, I swear a lot. I gotta cut that out. I might have kids one day. <laughs> That's true, and uh, and in the future, maybe my kids want to hear this, and I know they do not want to hear me say the f word. So uh, forgive me, or they'll giggle every time. Or my grandkids might. Maybe. Shit. Shit. <laughs> so that this also this movie is not about uh, someone who has left the building like Elvis. That's not what Departed is. Nope. This is not, um, you know, Flight 762 has departed. This is, well, why do they call it The Departed? Well, it's also not uh, how you comb your hair, if you depart it in the middle or if you depart it on the side. I just comb back. Nice. Keep it in a nice tight ponytail. Yeah, I don't want to talk about me. <laughs> Thanks. He, uh, that, yeah, that's how much luscious hair you got. He just draws a line in the center of his head. <laughs> I try. He departs you know. his beard. I've departed my hair. Just completely. My yep. hair has departed. It's gone. Uh, this is more about cops and robbers and shoot 'em ups and it's almost old-fashioned in that sense. I would say that there are, you know, a few genres of the whole uh, cops and gangster uh, type movie. Yeah. You know, some of them are like the rise to power, like a good Scarface or something like that. Absolutely. And then there's also, like, the -the on-the-run gangster or the turnaround gangster. I'm bad, but I don't want to be bad anymore. You know, that kind of movie. This is just a straight-up, the cops want to get them, and it has this crazy dynamic of an undercover cop, and then, like, what what would you call him? A a guy, a mole, if you will. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, in the the police department. Perfect Both of which are trying to figure out Who's who the other one is? Right. Like, the one guy knows there's a mole. The mole knows there's an undercover, but they don't know who they are. And this isn't the type of mole that's in the backyard. Nope. This is not the type of mole on your face. This is not the kind of mole that you will see. I'm out. I can't think of another mole. Uh, how about that one in, like, chemistry books? A mole of atoms? Or wait, that would be physics. Whatever. Look it up, guys. Get smart. This is why you have hair. Get wicked smart. Wicked smart. Especially when you're a co-op. I know. I try not to think too much because I heard that's how your hair falls out. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I must be brilliant. Yeah. Fucking genius <laughs> over here. <laughs> so that's what this movie's about. It's, uh, and and I, I feel the urge to say, you're not going to find Vinny the nose. You're not going to find Skimpy the short, you know, Jerry the book. No, we should also mention uh, you know, the whole the movie Mac. takes place in Boston. Yeah. And it it's about the Irish mob, basically. Exactly. First thing when the movie opens, it's uh, uh, Jack Nicholson explaining that to you. Basically, Jack Nicholson lays out the film for you and tells you what it's all about. Yeah. Within the first five minutes. And, and once you got that in your head, as in any, who we're going to discuss next, who made this film... Any Martin Scorsese film, most of his films will start out with an introduction so you know what you're about to watch by the actor either saying something important or 
uh, a small little monologue by one of the characters in the film will come yeah. out and say something. So a little a little sampler of what's uh, what you're about to see. I do have or a, a warning, depending. Oh, a, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because this movie can get a bit rough at times. Shocking. Yeah, well, just uh, it, unexpected. It gives, it gives you that sense of like it can. This can be real. Oh and yeah, it has definitely. probably happened. A not, ton, maybe a ton not of specifically time. this exact scenario word for word but i mean it has happened before and so just knowing that that kind of crazy violence and and uh, uh mob exists in real life can uh can really just have an effect on you, you know? yeah exactly and and there's always good co-ops and bad co-ops good co-ops and bad cops <laughs> uh who made this film martin scorsese guy's a genius he's made a lot of films He's been around uh, a while in Hollywood. Do you know that he made one of my favorite films, and I keep forgetting he made it, which is Hugo. Oh! Children's movie. Yeah. Impeccably, incredibly, insatiably done. Yep. Sensationally? Insatiable? Uh, Uh, That's a weird name for a kid's movie. uh, Like the worst way you can make your hamburger, it was well done. Amen. All right, so he made the movie, but let's sorry, no, sorry. <laughs> he's done. He's done like Goodfellas. He's done like Casino. He's done. Uh, he's working on another one with Pesci and all those guys. Was taken forever. Which, oh yeah, they're getting all the uh, all the old crew back together, and, so to say. Yeah, and uh, I wish that he had something to do with, but he didn't. Godfather, that was a Francis Ford Coppola collection, but I wish because that would have been a great thing to add to his career. Uh, he's done uh, great movies with uh, the the Wolf of Wall Street, one of my new favorites. That we, that is another one where it it's it's taking you through. Oh. I'd say this about uh, a lot of the movies that he, he makes, and with gangster movies in general. Right. They usually take place over a long period of time. True. This movie takes place over Very good. several years. Yeah. He, uh, uh, the, the main character, uh, what's his, his actual character's name? Leonardo DiCaprio? Um, Leo's actual name is Billy in the movie. Billy. Billy is undercover with these people for like... Five years? Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, he actually goes through rigorous training to become a, a undercover dude. Yep. So it's, it's, it's pretty prevalent that kind that's Kind of fresh happen. out of the academy. He thinks to himself, this is, this is what's going to make me. I'll do this. It'll be short. I'll get my evidence. I'll get out. But he ends up like he's embedded now. He's permanent. So much so that he finds it really hard to not even commit crimes anymore. But um, let's see here. We were talking about Scorsese, right? We were talking about Scorsese. Always be. What a name! Scorsese. I always think of I always think of Scissors because wasn't his first film? No, that was Tim Burton. That was Tim Burton. I was going to say Edward Scissors Hands, but no. (laughs) Um, William Monaghan wrote the movie. You have to pet your best friend, my friend. Oh my goodness, Jerry! You're going to interrupt every freaking day. He's in every podcast, so it's okay. You know what? I, I have to make this clear. Just a side note, away from the movie. Jerry doesn't get along with anyone on the planet except for you. I'm a lovable guy. What can I say? Outside of the family. Um, <laughs> the family even comes over and he swats at everybody. He, he nips at the grandkids. 
he can't stand having people over. But you come over, so what is it about you? I think it's the beard. I'm sticking with that theory. Okay. I was I was learning a couple of cat facts, and one of those facts were that cats actually prefer people with facial hair. It's like an alpha thing, maybe? Yeah. You want to protect your kids, just strap a good old Santa beard on their face, and the cat will probably be like, you ain't so bad. Oh. Yeah, because he likes Shelly, too. Oh. Oh, yeah, and she's the bearded lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's going to love that. Shaves every six hours. <laughs> so, Sorry, also Shelley, in I this love you. movie... <laughs> Uh, uh, who stars in this movie, buddy? Oh my god, everyone. Oh, uh, wait, did you want to talk more about the score scene? No, I just wanted to give out those props. Uh, I mean, people are familiar with his, his stuff. You want to learn more about the guy himself. Casino. Look it up. Yeah. Loved Casino. So, mate, we'll be talking a lot about Scorsese's film, because I am a Scorsese nut. A lot of visceral movies. Oh, yeah. I'll say that. Uh, in this movie, you've got... You got yourself... Leonardo DiCaprio. Playing a cop. Matt Damon. Playing a cop. Bad cop. Jack Nicholson. Not going to say. He's Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Why but I... He, he's the, he's the he's boss got, man. He's got the like five boss. roles in this movie, which I'll explain yeah, later. Uh, Mark Wahlberg. Playing a cop. Martin Sheen. Playing a cop. Ray Win, Win, Winstone. Playing a mob guy. <laughs> uh, and the list goes on. Oh, I, oh, I want to give a shout-out, too, to Anthony Anderson, because... Don't skip over my girl. Uh, Vera Farmiga. I'm in love with her. That's why I can say the name so sweetly. Oh, Alec Baldwin's also in here. Vera Farmiga, famous for Bates Motel and The Conjuring. She always plays, what's her bucket, the Warren, Elaine Warren. And... But she is uh, Norma Bates in Bates Motel and does it exquisitely. Check it out, folks. I've had a crush on Vera for the last five years, and I need help. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Vera. I love you. Um, Anthony Anderson, of course. Alec Baldwin. Plays a cop. Cop. Anthony Anderson plays a cop. Kevin Corgan. Plays a cop. David O'Hara. I don't remember. He plays Fitzy. Oh. So he's one of the mob. He's one of the mobbies. And then you got James Badge Dale. Never heard of him, but he plays a co-op. A co-op. Mar- uh, Robert Wahlberg, who's always in Mark Wahlberg's movies, if you've ever noticed. I, he- I did notice, and I, saw, I didn't look any of this information up when I first saw the movie. Yeah. But when I saw the guy, I was like, ha, it looks like Mark Wahlberg. Mm. <laughs> like, and then when I looked it up afterwards, I was like, oh, shit. No wonder. He's a Wahlberg. Yeah, there's a bunch of Wahlbergs. And Robert Wahlberg, I think, has popped up in, in every movie somewhere because the family's very close-knit. If I became that. a famous actor, I would probably make sure to like throw my friends a couple of just background a roles. Of and do you know what Robert Wahlberg plays in this movie? A cop. The quat. FBI cop. Yep. And then finally is Kristen Dalton who plays Gwen. I don't care. Yeah. And it's a, a great cast. That's not a cheap cast. That's also not even the full cast. It goes on and on and on. It does go There's on just and on. people showing up left and right in this movie. Uh, Martin Sheen, what is that? That's got to be at least $15 million for the movie. M- Wahlberg is well known for having 20 to $40 million a movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio? Is that where all the budget on this movie went? I guarantee you. I mean, you. it didn't look like a bad movie. And there was like maybe like two or three special effects in the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. 
So I guess yeah. Mostly most of the bu- movie was blood spurts were, were what your what your <laughs> effects were. Yeah, that was the that was one of the main effects. And uh, but yeah, most of the movie went to paying these these actors and well paid Matt Damon. Woof. Matt Damon. I mean, this movie would have been fine just with Matt Damon in it because he can act. Surprised Ben Affleck didn't show up in this movie. But speaking of them numbers, having oh, to do with how much this numbers. movie was. Uh, this movie did all right. It wasn't like one of those crazy movies that makes $700 million. But it, it, it did well for itself. It made its money back, that's for sure. Good. Uh, let's see here. It made about $290 million. I'm really surprised. That's, that's actually wrong. worldwide. How much did it cost? But, hold on, here's the good part. Okay. And I know this for a fact because I run into this all the time. All right. It made $141 million in DVD sales. Wow, that's good. Yeah. Okay. So, like, everyone's got this. You yeah. got it? I've got two copies. He has two copies. He's so He bought it twice. So, yeah, that's adding to that $141 million. Oh, and I do have a, a digital copy as well. So. And then... Um, three copies. Three mil in Blu-ray. But this came out in an era before Blu-ray was even a thing. So, the DVD sales really just... Just toppled, concentrated it. the market. Um, how much did it cost to make? About twenty six, twenty seven million dollars, somewhere in that ballpark. So, so how much did it cost to make this film? Oh, I was reading the wrong number. That's okay. It cost ninety million dollars to make. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh, if you figure out twenty to forty million for like one actor. Yeah, God. that was like the whole budget. Yeah. It was just paying those damn actors. That's I, bananas. I, I love what an actor does. No, they pay them a cash. couple mil, but like 20 million? Come yeah. on. I, I, that's, it is a bit, uh, uh, not conceited. Conceited is the word I'm thinking. I don't know. But then again, now that I think about it, if they pay the actors less, that's still making someone rich because we're still going to all go see the movie. So probably just the studio executive is going to bank more. And this movie came out in 2006. So it is possible, but back then, it maybe it was $15 million per actor instead of 40 or whatever they're charging now. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they, they also, they were like, they were the, the tippy, they were the cream of the crop, you know, back yeah. then. I mean, they're still great. They're still appearing in things all the time, uh, mo- most of these actors, but... I mean, back then, it was like, oh, my God, Matt Damon. Oh. <laughs> we should move on and talk about something else. Like what this movie is about. This movie. I mean, we, we kind of went through it in the beginning. Well, it's just that Jack Nicholson starts off. You see Jack Nicholson, a young Jack. As you say, it goes through time in the, in the movie. And he's walking through the market, and he lands his eyes on this young lad who happens to be sitting there. Yep. Uh, after perversing the daughter of the shop owner and roughing up the shop owner for money, just being a scumass, you know, scumbag. Yep, scumass bag. Scumass bag. And um, and then he goes to the little kid. and He goes, "What's your name?" Oh, I'm Billy. Hey, Billy, <laughs> you want you want a job? All of a sudden, he has a job like that. So he's like, "Yeah, I want a job." And so he basically, uh, time goes on. He's working for the guy. You know, helping him get this that and the other clothes and you know laundry and getting shopping done for him and stuff and and time goes on and then you all of a sudden you see matt damon graduating from police enforcement how the hell did that happen (laughs) exactly uh and he's so he's the inside man for and it wasn't young billy excuse me it was young colin sullivan yeah i called him billy that was my bad oh no 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 wait yeah okay 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 yeah yeah so that just kind of foreshadows 
hey, we know this guy's, you know. Yeah. He's he's on the on the roll, if you will. Yeah, he's payroll. on the payroll. <laughs> a bad cop. So Wow, we're doing great at describing this so far. Who was it? Because I'm know, describing it. That's you know what? the problem. It's not even his fault. There are a lot of players in this movie. You can't, There's a lot happening. You can't butter the fact that I'm stupid. That as well. <laughs> so Matt Damon, now that he's graduated, also goes in and talks to Martin Sheen, who's playing the big guy, you know, the 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 master dude, Queenan, and he sits down with him and Mark Wahlberg for a job. Yeah. And he's sitting there and he's looking at him and he's like, you know, I'm this, that, I'm good cop, I'm going to do a good job. And they let him in like that. They're like, okay. A little bit of Wahlberg rubbing him around a little bit going, yeah, you're tall enough, you're ugly, your feet look funny. You're oh my God, the accents on these guys too oh, were so funny. thick. Like this was thick Boston. This was molasses Very Boston accent. Molasses Boston. Well, and a lot of people from Boston thick. actually, with the exception of Crapio. But the rest of them, I was, that is true. I so I mean, the accent crapio, was correct. So. Yeah, boy, was it thick. It was just almost grating at times. Listening to these people have a conversation. And and Damon is such a good actor that he did not do the same accent that he did in Goodwill Hunting. I laughed. That's too. how good which, Damon which was. Which character was it? Who, like, comes in, and I'm like, oh, great, now I get to hear this guy have a Boston accent. And he just talked normal. He just Al- straight up normal. Well, Alex Baldwin, Alec Baldwin had a slight, character? yeah, Alex, but, but Martin Sheen. Oh, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen tried to he stay was away just from like, it. Nah, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I can imagine he had a conversation with Scorsese, and Scorsese's like, uh, can we do that again with a Boston accent? No. No, no you're not no, pay. That's, that's you're 30 that million take. for me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Matt walks out, and he looks confident, and he's uh, dry and secure. And uh, he walks out. Then uh, DiCrapio De- is sitting in a chair and goes in after him for his little interview about what he's going to do. And they run him through the ringer. They sure do. Your father was, you know, no good. And yeah. that's what you are. No good scumbag, just like your father. You're going nowhere. I you're don't care. You're going nowhere. And you tell me, why the hell you think that I think you're a quap? <laughs> And uh, his answer is, uh, you know, you got a problem with me? And then they like, yeah, we got a problem with you because we're preparing you for something big. And uh, they do. They prepare him for what becomes this incredible movie. And then from that point on, he's all of a sudden an undercover cop working yeah. with. When, when they did, like, you know, pretend to cut him from the, the forest and all that stuff, did they give a reason for what, what did he do? He basically some, stole some stuff and um, petty this, that, and the others and got in fights, and then they threw him in the clink. Threw him in the clink. Slammed the doors du- shut and left him in there. Yeah, I think it was also a matter of um, robbing something. He set it up with his cousin, and he actually did do this. Remember, his cousin uh, uh, was doing all kinds of illegal this, that, and the others. Oh, right. Yeah, and, he uh, was. Yep. So he, he basically set it up so that he would get caught with him because mm. his cousin has bad names. And again, his oh, father. No, no. That, w- that was after he got out, right? Because he was just basically trying to get in the criminal underworld. You're absolutely right. Yeah. He goes so, to jail first, folks. A, little, a few drugs, um, this, that. It kind of just uh, it puts him on the radar. Puts him on the radar. He spends his five years in jail, marries a dude named Bubba. They have three beautiful kids together. Don't know how that happened. Don't I guess know they either. bought him at the commissary. There will be a prequel movie coming out. A prequel. Out. All about the time in the, the Roger Corman's jail cell. The Departed Pre or something, I think it's called. <laughs> um, so 
then comes the cousin scene where he's uh, in the car with his cousin and goes about trying to show that he's a tough guy after prison life. Pretty much. I mean, uh, also, this is a long movie. How long is this movie? This is almost three hours. Two hours and 40-something. Yeah. Two, two something. Two, two and a half, two forty. So remembering it is exciting. And I, we could read off things, but we're using our brains. And folks. they are going through a lot of stuff in, in this movie. Yeah. Like, if you were to watch just the beginning part of this movie and then just the ending part of this movie, you two might not be able to tell that they're two different movies. Yeah. It would, I mean, uh, that they're just one movie. Right. You might think they are two different Completely movies. Completely different movies. Um, um, so he goes on and he, and, and he ends up in the bar. This is where I'm just going to go straight to Frenchie in the bar. <laughs> Mr. French. Uh, Ray Winston. Tough, tough, tough guy. Uh, sitting in the bar. And someone says something to him about his father or something about something that just ticks him off. Ah, cranberry juice. He got cranberry juice because he doesn't drink anymore, he says. And he's drinking, but it's because he's on the forest. He doesn't want to be drunk during the whole whatever. Also, if you get drunk, you tend to not perform at max and he might slip up. So I'm sure that was a conscious decision on his part. Yeah. So he's drinking cranberry juice and then the guy next to him says, what are you on your period? Bam, boom, bam. He punches the crap out of this other guy who happens to be a mob guy. And here comes the Frenchie. He comes up here and he pushes him back. Goes, hey, 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 there's a lot of people in this world you can hit. That's a guy you don't hit. What are you? And tells him all this stuff. And he looks at him more and he goes, I know you. I know you. I know you. And he knows him through his father. And then uh, he, and, uh, he says... Uh, he gets it all fixed up and everything else and then uh, sets up the other guy and he says, I want to show you to somebody. And that's where Jack Nicholson meets him for the first time in the bar. Hey, he's in. Yeah. And he's like, well, he isn't in yet. But he asks him, what's your problem? And he's like, da, 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 da. And he says, uh, and they have a little bit of banter back and forth. But my favorite ending to that banter was Jack Nicholson going, what are you having? And it takes to crap you a minute. And he's like, cranberry juice. <laughs> What are you on your period? What are you on your period? He says, <laughs> and he gives him a look, and that was a great scene. Yeah, that was a good scene. From that point on, I'm not going to try to cover all two hours and and forty something minutes because he it's he, so he much. assists in crimes Lots and he of gets in better and better with Jack Nicholson until at some point in the movie he's almost more trusted than dudes that have been there for you know fifteen twenty years. Right, and he's like he's tight. And slowly it's revealed that Matt Damon's character has been so tight with Jack Nicholson's gallery of foolishness. He's his inside man. He's his inside man. Everything is... That's that, when it becomes a cat and mouse movie. Exactly, because everything that Matt Damon is trying to protect him from, Leonardo is trying to pursue and get him busted, mm-hmm. trying to get his evidence so he can bring him down. That's and his And every job. time they try like a sting, it gets ruined by Damon. Who and every was, time they... You know, try to get, uh, I don't know, a recording or something like that. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio freaks out. He does that a lot. He's yeah. always thinking, he always thinks you know, well, he's about to get killed or found out. And he's like, I gotta get out. And, you know, but, and rightfully so, because he doesn't exist. The only place he exists is in a computer file somewhere, which has a password that you don't know about yet. Yeah, so nobody it, knows. It, nobody knows. Only ex- two people know that he's even in right. at all. And that's Quinnen, Martin uh-huh. Sheehan, and DiCaprio himself. And maybe Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, it was. Um, I think Mark knows too because he was part of it. He yeah, was part it was of those getting the two. guy in there. So those outside two of yeah. you know 
uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. Nobody else knows. So the time goes on, and there's the cat and mouse, the cat and mouse. One of my favorite, favorite scenes is Frank Costello um, is a crime boss. And what do you do when you're a crime boss? You buy cocaine and weapons. Of course. So he's trying to purchase something, and they're they're doing the sting operation on this Pacific. Thing. Oh, the one in the warehouse. Yeah, he was he was selling it. I think he was. Uh, bu- yeah, he was. He was selling weapons and cocaine. Oh, to, this to is the Chinese like, mafias. Th- yeah, this is the Korean mafia. Wait, this isn't towards the end, is it? I'm getting there. I'm skipping over a whole bunch of stuff that just doesn't matter. Like fear, fear, fear. Farmiga's in it, but you know it, that part actually bores. I forward to, through that right now. That's just like a side love thing for all the girls, so that they have something to watch, so women Weird don't feel child. left yeah. out. Yeah, when they're in the theater. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do that warehouse scene. Is okay? Anything before then? Before I, I don't know. Oh, uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Martin Sheen dies. That's later. Oh, that is later. That is later. Spoiler alert. Wait, you know what? This came out in 2006. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> so, we'll do the warehouse scene. <laughs> I'm not leaving that in. Why not? Alienate the listeners. We just got only 10 episodes. Would it help if I did it with a Boston accent? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> so, Martin Sheen. Oh, excuse me. Forget Martin Sheen. Sorry. So, they're in there with the Koreans and, J- and Jack Nicholson. And you can imagine Jack doesn't know Korean. And he says to them, in our country, this country, <laughs> we need De Niro before Moogie stinks. No De Niro, no Moogie stinks. I forget what he says, but it's something along the lines. Something no, offensive. Something that, you know, was probably the 20th take and, and they chose that one. I wish there was something better. That's one pet peeve about this movie. No dinghy, no Danango. Something along those lines. It was just terrible. And uh, so that scene, you flash to the policeman and the detective crew, and they're all watching this on video, but they can't seem to get a feed on what's going on because some of the cameras weren't put in the right spots. Somebody inside screwed with that. There is supposed to be no cell phones. This is why this is my favorite scene. Now, this is back when he had flip phones. Yeah. It's around 2002 to 2006. Of course, that's all we pretty much had. And, uh, 2006 is actually when the first iPhone came out. So Really? Cool. Just a little fact. It's a good thing, because this movie couldn't have done well with an iPhone. No. You needed a flip phone. So, so they were tracing all phones. And so there was no phone calls, but you could text and not be traced. So he's in his pocket. Matt Damon is in his pocket trying to text to Jack Nicholson that there's something going on. And... Uh, it goes out. Um, it, it ends up going to Leonardo DiCaprio because that's the inside guy that Matt Damon doesn't know about. That's the inside guy that Jack Nicholson told Matt Damon about. I got a guy on the inside. So he takes and he goes, okay, they're watching us. You know, I got to do something. So he goes and tells Jack Nicholson, look, we're be- I think we're being watched. Da, da, da. It all blows up. All of a sudden, guns start flying as they're trying to leave, and then you know people are getting shot. Poor Frenchie dies. Ah, forget about him. Yeah, poor Frenchie. <laughs> he was a good actor, and uh, so bullets flying like crazy, uh, and then basically cars crash. All the criminals are spilling out all over the place. Um, 
and they go onward and there's gunfires and people are getting shot some of the key figures are getting shot left and right jack nicholson gets hit he starts walking off somewhere and uh there's you find out there's another there's a couple more informants inside of the group of people working with jack nicholson and as it turns out matt damon's cell phone rings for the other informant calling in guess who the other informant turns out to be it's an fbi informant oh um oh his name i'm terrible with the names in this i don't think you're gonna get it it took me three times to watch the movie to finally understand it because it it snuck in there. Oh, they didn't sneak that in there. That was pretty obvious. That he was the FBI informant. Yeah. Well, he was working with. They, the they FBI. used a different word for it. They didn't say enforcement or um informant. Informant. He was like. Ah. Uh, well, whatever. He was an informant. It was it's, Jack Nicholson. It's Jack Nicholson. The whole freaking time. The boss himself. The boss himself is is working with the feds trying to round up everybody that works for him. Yeah. And it and it's and other people that work above him that he has contact with. Uh coke dealers and Korean mafias and yeah, all of these all things. All of that stuff. And uh a great job. I did not see that coming. Personally. Neither did I. This is this is one whole movie of twists. Yeah, it's like well, you, whoa, uh, whoa. It's who's a good guy? Who's a bad guy? That's the sound you heard in the theater. Yeah. If you were outside the doors of the movie and just happened to walk by, you would hear a bunch of whoa, whoa. <laughs> Oh no, he didn't. Yeah, and a lot of that. So from that point, Damon just takes out his beloved basically father because he's raised the kid yeah well he has to because you know he raises a gun to him he's about to, to uh, shoot him so yeah he, he kills sh- nicholson he kills nicholson right against one of them tonka trucks i know and he falls in the 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 scooper yeah. or whatever you call it he, he got the pooper scooper and we fell in it uh after that happens i think everybody freaks out and pretty the- much flees Everybody flee. flees, but the people in the detective crime unit are pissed because somebody did something to warn somebody about something. Everybody's just punching the crap out of each other. Uh, Alec Baldwin is beating the crap out of the guys who set up the cameras. Um, everybody's screaming, Matt Damon ducks the hell out of there. <laughs> he yeah. wants to go before. Yeah, I'm going to see what's happened. He tries to implement Quinnen as being the one to let everybody know. And... um who else gets uh, uh, accused? I mm. think Matt Damon himself. I think Matt Damon. Th- Matt Damon is is ducking and dodging, and happens to keep from getting caught. But, Barely. But everybody is like suspecting accusing him. Every, th- yeah. themselves. You know, he gets put in charge to take over. Wahlberg is against it. Alec Baldwin tells Matt Damon, since uh, since oh shit, I'm jumping over Quinnen's death. Quinnen dies. He meets up with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, (laughs) and he dies. He gets shot. No, I gotta do it. Wait, wait. Falls off a thing. Right, because that's such a good scene. Gets run over. So, this is after, because, okay, DiCaprio escapes from Kevin. From the nonsense, and he wants to meet with Quinnen. Yes, because he wants to get, he's out. He wants to get, you know, this is too much. Yeah, he's like, this is it. I want my life back. Yep. You got everything you need. There's no point. So he goes and he meets him on a rooftop. He meets him up on a rooftop. This is where Quinnen goes up into the thingy with the stuff. And he goes up there and he says, hey, 
excuse me. I'm going to do what I can. And then uh, asshole uh, Colin Sullivan decides, uh, he figures out that uh, there's a meeting with the informant. So and he wants to figure it out. Yeah. He's like, oh, God, the bad this guy. is an opportunity. So he uh, tells uh, the, remain- the remaining bad guys, they are here. Go there. Go there. Go to this apartment. Yep. Kill him out. Now, during this, while Leonardo DiCaprio is on his way to the place that he and Martin Sheen discussed it, Quinnen talked about, he gets a call from one of the guys also, but gives him the wrong address. He tells him to go to 314 instead of 316, and the reason being is because this guy wanted to throw DiCaprio off because later you find out that this guy is also an informant. Everyone is informing on everyone. And he doesn't want DiCaprio to get killed because they're both cops. But he didn't know that. He didn't know that this guy was a cop as well. Oh, my God. Very confusing, ladies and gentlemen. That's why it's so hard for us, well, me, if to this get this movie, puppy out. <laughs> if this movie was five minutes long, it would be an SNL sketch where everyone is an informant. <laughs> Just, <laughs> thank you for watching. Good Actually, night. I, oh, my God. I've, I've seen that scenario before in something. Oh, man, what was it? Oh, it was this weird TV show where this dude could talk to ghosts. And he's talking to uh, to this dead mob guy who wanted to get off his chest something. And then it turns something. out everyone in that room actually was working for a different department. Of <laughs> Maybe that's the where government. he got the movie from. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so Quinnen and, and DiCaprio are up there talking. But as they're talking... Then the guys come in to go get Quinnen. Yep. Not knowing DiCaprio is in there. Nope. Going up there, all of a sudden... Well, they split up. DiCaprio, what does he do? He, like... They talked for a while first in the building, right? Well, yeah. I mean, basically, it was, I want to get out, uh, you know, and he's like, no, you really got to stay in, because... Just almost finished. We're almost almost done. done, We almost got him. Um, So he says, don't worry. Then they hear him coming up the steps. And uh, he's like, you get out of here, Quinnen says. Martin Sheen says, you get out of here. I'm going to stay here. And when he comes up, you know, I'll talk to him and they'll understand. But you can tell that uh, Quinnen knows this is probably the end of Quinnen. He can tell because he, he gives himself sign of the cross. He says, this is it. He grabs a cigarette and he's like shaking like crazy. He knows this isn't going to go over too well. And uh, the door opens up and he goes, hey, fellas, anybody got a light? And that's all. That's that's the last uh, words out of Quinnen's face. DiCaprio is running down the stairs instead of taking the elevator. And uh, when DiCaprio gets outside, a body falls down in front of him and blood splats up all over the place. Yeah. Like, wrong place to be standing if you witness a body getting dropped is five feet away. Because you will get splattered. You, you'll get messy. You will have red on you. You will have red on you. <laughs> the... Um, the, this is the part where you realize that DiCaprio can definitely act. Definitely act because he starts crying because someone who trusts him and has his life in his hands. Just died. Is you can't save him now. And he's seen so much and he's tired of seeing all this blood and gore and blah. So his eyes start watering up and he's about to cry. And then the guys show up. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing here? He said, what's going on? And then there's cops on the other side because they heard the shooting and stuff like we're here what should we do you know we sh- should we go in or not and matt damon's on the walkie-talkie don't don't do anything because of all matt damon's buddies who are in the bad side of the law are there 
Another show off, or show down. Another show down, and all of the cops are there. He doesn't want anybody getting killed. It, something's going to happen. You know, it's just too much going on. And all you hear on the radio when things go shitty um, is a bunch of gunfire, and Matt Damon just shuts the door, and he's like, well, God, now what? <laughs> but DiCaprio, when he sees his friends coming, he's in the middle of, like, almost bawling over the death of Quinnen, Martin Sheen. And he's looking down at him, and then he has to snap out of that and become completely normal and be like who's this guy what happened you know he had to act normal because now the the mob is coming and they see him and he doesn't want to sit there being crying over the cop yeah so it the acting on his part he did he just said what do you mean what am i doing here you you told me to come down here i came down here and then and uh there's the the shootout and stuff like that which leads to the white-haired cop who's played by somebody who's not on the list which is a shame Mark Ralston. Good boy, Kev. So Mark Ralston gets all shot up playing a guy named Delahunt. And they're back at the bar, and they're all trying to recoup after what just happened. All the shooting and everything else. DiCaprio has another cranberry juice. He's oh, and uh, one, one of the dudes gets uh, shot, too, right? One of the bad That's bad Delahunt. Dudes. Yeah, yeah Delahunt. And uh, Delahunt is sitting there, and he's he's doesn't have much time left, and he knows it. So he's like, yo, cranberry juice dude, <laughs> come over here. I got to talk to you. And he's like, yeah, ask me why I sent you to the wrong address. Ask me. And he goes, I don't know. You screwed up and didn't know. No, no. Well, actually, well, right before he says that, he basically tells him, I texted you a wrong address. And yet, despite that, you were there. Yeah. And Why were you Leonardo there? DiCaprio basically is like gripping his gun. Like he might just have to shoot a bunch of people right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very true. He's ready to go uh, balls to the wall. Yeah, but then Delaha, of course, says, you know, ask me. Ask why? me why. And I then, I, I, was it asking me why I haven't told them or something like that? Right. Ask me why I gave you the wrong address and ask me why. Dot, dot. He dies the next uh, couple hours later, you see on TV in the news report, he was uh, a FBI agent. Yeah. Another informant. Yep. In the mobster gang. They're all informants. They're basically all out <laughs> to get each other. Um, uh, a lot of people don't like this movie because of that. I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool because nobody knew what was going on. And the, and and everybody's dying. So it is the departed. That's basically what the departed is. Everybody is getting killed over all of this. So, now you're down to <laughs> take one down, pass it around. Now you're down to three mobsters left. <laughs> and, and you've got Matt Damon, uh you've got DiCaprio, Anthony Anderson, and uh, like Mark Wahlberg and Alec Baldwin left. That's it from the original crew yeah. of everything, bad and good. So now we end up, after that, DiCaprio decides, I'm going for a walk. Uh, he gets a phone call from Matt Damon. They have the first time a meeting of talking to each other on cell phones. They've come very close to finding each other out. And almost. now it's almost like, all right, I know you're there. And you know, you know who I am. Yeah, but can't really do anything about it because neither of us really have any proof. And you, if you, you know, if I tell on you, you're gonna tell on me. That kind of thing. So now it's just like, uh, this is like the the apex of the cat and mouse. This is this is the the head on the pimple of this movie, and it, it's all coming to an end. Really, it's about to go. You can feel it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> 
So and they and they toy with each other on the phone in a cat and mouse kind of fashion. And uh, he calls him up and he's like, "Look, where do you want to meet?" Well, another building, of course. Another rooftop. Yeah, let's do rooftops. They're like rooftops seems to be working. People like to fall off them. So they end up in another building at the very very top of this building. And uh, there's Leonardo DiCaprio with a gun. Kicks, am I forgetting something? You look like you have a revelation. I, I don't know. Uh, he, he basically tries to take him in. He's like, I'm going to take you in. He's like, aha, I've erased you. Who the fuck's going to believe you? You're yeah, nobody's going to believe you. Yeah. Matt, Matt Damon says, you're gone. You don't exist The only anymore. other guy that knew anything about it was like put on suspension. Uh, and yeah, he's just like, he got in. He and got that in. was Mark Wahlberg. He was put on suspension for a while. Two weeks with pay. Yeah. He's like, oh, vacation? Yeah, I'll right. take it. Mark Wahlberg was out. See ya. <laughs> with pay? Bye. And, uh, all right, so we're on that roof and, and they're fighting bloody. Beats them uh, up. Beats them. Handcuffs them. Pistol whips them. Pistol whips them. Handcuffs Matt Damon. DiCaprio is ready. He's got it. He's good. We're going in. And then who, who pops in? The guy from school, Mr. Anderson. Who plays, uh, Trooper Brown. Trooper Brown comes out. And he acts like a what? true cop. Yeah, he has He's like, no you got to put the gun down. Put the gun down, step away from the weapon, and put Matt Damon down and wipe his nose. He's in this, like, like a real tough situation. Rock yeah. and hard place. And gun and standoff and, and breathless nonsense. And breathless because he's on screen with two great actors. Yeah. Can you imagine? He's not bad, though. I've seen him in some good stuff. Oh, Anderson's a wonderful guy, but I wish he would get more movies. He really should get them. That's true. Uh, so he should be making 15 to $20 million a movie because he can do anything. Also, they should burn all the copies of Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Don't mention that movie. Um, so <laughs> that's a good point. Um, so he's like, sir, put the weapon down. But he's starting to believe him. And he's like, he doesn't know what to so do. So he doesn't shoot. That's doesn't, the important part. He doesn't shoot yet. He doesn't shoot. And uh, DiCaprio just slowly takes the guy, brings him inside, Everybody's gets in the cool elevator, just still holding the gun to his head in true standoff, you know, hostage fashion, and gets in the elevator. They get in the elevator, they go downstairs. And then Anderson just basically starts, you know, he goes in the stairwell, starts heading after them. So Matt Damon takes... DiCaprio into the elevator and Anderson. No, DiCaprio takes Matt Damon into the elevator. So DiCaprio takes uh, Anderson Cooper. I'm sorry. Takes uh, Matt Damon into the elevator. Anderson takes the stairs. Yeah, he he runs. He runs. Trooper Brown gets uh, either in the other elevator or in the stairs. I already have forgotten, even though we just watched that scene. <laughs> but he's on his way down after them. Right, because he had him at gunpoint. He's like, get back. You know me. You know me well. And this <laughs> is the part where you think, okay, well, everything's maybe will turn out all right. He's going to take this guy in. Everything's going to get uh, uh, fixed up. It's all good. And, of course, Matt Damon is like, oh, you know, just kill me. Just, just fucking kill me. Yeah. It's literally like he's, you know, just saying, uh, my life is over now, so just kill me. And DiCaprio says, I am killing you. Yeah, and he was. Elevator doors open. Bam! DiCaprio, bullet to the head. And, of course, Matt, I love Matt Damon's reaction in this scene. He's just oh! like, what just happened? If you listen closely, put your ears to the television set or your speakers, whatever you're doing when you watch the film, you'll hear Matt Damon go, oh! 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, so of course this this is like the scene. This is the scene. This is the one that is talked about as one of the top unexpected twists in a movie to have DiCaprio shot and by who a cop another co-op who happened to be uh on the pay- yeah. on the payroll just another dirty cop he says to Matt Damon he says how many people do you think he had Costello had working for him <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know see that's all the cops are dirty, and all of the bad guys are undercover cops. But they dress well. That's what I like. It's cuckoo bananas. Then Anderson finally makes it down. And, and he's like... As this dude is untying uh, um, Matt Damon. Yeah. And they just have this moment where the, the cop dude looks at him like, oh, shit. And Trooper Brown goes, what the fuck? And the cop dude just shoots him right in the head. Another, another one. So down. there's another body right there. Now we're up to two dead bodies. He finishes untying Matt Damon, and then he kind of say- he kind of just looks over around. He's like, "Okay, I, I did my part." Matt Damon unties himself, grabs the gun that DiCaprio had, shoots that cop yeah. in the head. <laughs> it's just like three bodies. Oh down. my god, what the hell is going on here? So basically, it's like bing, bang, bong. And, and now you're like, oh my god, now Matt Damon is going to get away with it. And that is probably the only time that I have seen a movie, and I was watching it with my wife. We watched it in the bedroom for the first time I've ever seen it. It was on DVD. And I'm watching this. It was a red box rental. And, I, and I'm watching that. First, uh, DiCaprio goes, and I'm just like, what? And then, and what? And then another one, and I was like, oh! <laughs> and almost at a point that I couldn't take it. I was like, no more, please! Don't, like, uh, Matt Damon, you know, forgot to tie his shoelace trip and all of a sudden shoots himself in the back or something. Yeah. Ricochet, boom. Yeah, falls and breaks his neck type situation. Credits. That would be insane. <laughs> that would have been weird. So. Some time goes by. He's cleaning up the mess. Matt Damon goes back, deletes everything. And it's, just is go, lives his life. He got himself a nice place. And, and uh, so he's hanging out with Vera Farmiga. Hanging out and just chilling and stuff. and Moving on with their lives. Yeah, and all of a sudden, uh, there's a thing that shows up from Jerry. Please don't scratch the computer. <laughs> what are you doing, Jerry? He's not even scratching the computer. He's like just rubbing his paws on it. And he's trying to get my attention because it is his dinner time. Maybe he time. sees his reflection. Are you messing with yourself? Jerry, come here. Good you boy. maniac. So, as the, he's hanging out with his girlfriend, he's taking a shower and whatnot. And uh, oh no 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 he's um it, they break up don't they or something well okay earlier in the movie I can slide this in here why not because there was a cassette tape yeah so she knows that he's a piece of shit he, yeah he's he, a dirty cop and she being uh, Farmiga she plays the cop psychiatrist so she has a cassette tape of uh, all these phone calls between Matt Damon and Costello Matt Damon and DiCaprio. All these things, and she's listening to it and going, well, we got some work to do. Do you think she's the one that went and told? Because we're, we're literally getting to the very, very final, final scene, scene in the movie, yeah. which is another unexpected fucking twist. B- big time. I did not expect this at all. Bananas. Cuckoo. Yeah. With c- coconuts. Hi, Terry. With a bag of groceries. What a waste. I know, too. 
Um, I know. Should we just skip to that part? Because yeah, because she's, she's cause, wherever. He's coming home with a bag of groceries. Don't we? Don't even really know if they decided to try to make it work or. You know, yeah, she just all of a sudden just stopped. Maybe she's blackmailing it. him with this. You know, uh, with the with the recordings. Yeah, she just all of a sudden disappeared. I don't think she ended up in a in a dumpster somewhere or something. That was one loose end, I think. Probably. Maybe he did kill her. Or maybe. They just thought his life was totally okay. Yeah. He and got away with it. Open the door. He opens the door. He uh You can take it. He walks in with a bag of groceries and <laughs> you pan up from I love this. Uh, booty shoes. Booty shoes. He's he's got booties on his shoes. Those are the things that you put on your shoes, like when you're painting or something, when you don't want to get paint all over your shoes. Tell him who it is. I can't wait. It's fucking Colin Farrell. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was uh Dave Chappelle. No, close though. I am here for uh, you because I understand you shot somebody, and uh, we don't like that where I'm from. That was a terrible Dave Chappelle impression. Oh, that was so Dave sorry. Chappelle? I didn't know what you were going for there. This is very bad. Don't go around shooting too many people. Um, Mark Wahlberg. Oh, yeah. No. It's oh, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So Mark Wahlberg is there in little booties. Yep. And, and Matt Damon just kind of does this thing where he just gives up. And, and doesn't he go like... All right. All right. And then, boop, bullet to the head. And bullet to the head. And then off goes uh, Mark Wahlberg. There's been arguments about this scene, too. Because Why? does that mean that he was also a bad cop and was covering his ass? Or was he just pissed off that uh, that he was a dirty cop and probably got Quenin killed? Or Queenan, rather. Queenan. Uh, I don't know. Because he really liked Queenan. They they were very, very close. They were extremely close. Yes. So if he found out that it was because of his snitching, maybe he just wanted some good old-fashioned murder. You know? (laughs) Old-fashioned murder. Yeah. Just some revenge killing. I mean... That's a possibility, too. I I think that my gut tells me that he got the tape. He got the cassette tape also that that uh yeah. crappy left, because I think he sent it to that is That is the school of thought that I am leaning in on. I'm leaning in on... He, who else can you trust except the guy who got two weeks with no pay? Yeah. Was this two weeks later? He came back on the force, maybe? Had that waiting for him on his desk? Probably. And yeah, I, I love that, though, that scene. And there's and so, many, just like, so many hooks in between, too. But that scene was so great because then he walks out. And what does it pan to for the final scene? Wasn't it the, a, like a bird? No, a rat. Oh yeah, a rat a walking rat. back and forth oh, in the, the window. The symbolism, the symbolism. It was, and the music kicks in, and it was just perfect because the opening scene, you get to see the town as well, but not with the rat in the window. But that's basically what it's about. The departure. We should have showed the rat first, and then in the final scene, no rats because everyone's freaking dead. Yeah, exactly. Dead bunch of dead rats in the window. Maybe a mouse trap. I I, I I I was half expecting, honestly, the first time I watched this movie, and that happened. I was half expecting there to be someone else who was like also following him <laughs> and just like shoots him in the head. I wouldn't have been surprised to see Barney come walking down. Hi, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking Bebop from Barney comes around the corner, shoots him in the head. Everyone in the and whole town it, just lines up and shoots each other. In the head. <laughs> hey, you can't do that. <laughs> Uh, the only one alive is Oscar at the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Actually, of all the characters on that, I think probably Ernie was the most evil. <laughs> hey, Bert. Oh, gosh. So the next question is... Honestly, I'm so glad that we're finished because that is a lot to... That is a lot, and a there's zigzag. a lot of Edos. Uh, Edos? There's a lot of Edos. There's a lot of edits in I there. can do it. So I have to ask a question, which probably doesn't need to be asked. What have you? What would you have done different? I would have just made it shorter. <laughs> and more easily understood? It was mentally exhausting yeah. to watch someone come so close to getting discovered that many times. Yeah. Just remove a bunch of the fluff in the middle of this movie. It'll make it shorter, and it'll give your heart a break. Because that, uh, that much of an adrenaline spike too frequently can just drive you crazy. There's only like, like one type of movie which should have that, and that's probably like a thriller or a horror movie. Or Jason Statham's Crank. Or Crank, yeah. Non-stop. But yeah, I agree. I would have changed Via Farmiga. I love her very much. Just got rid of that whole subplot. I would have gotten rid of the uh, psychiatrist. I understand that the cops have got problems and you want to hear about it, but I don't think that she should have been involved. Maybe somebody else could be involved, like a friend or something, who could also turn out to be another bad guy, which would have been great. But uh, but not Vera. Um, that was a little much. And that slowed down the movie and added more time to it, especially in the tempo that the movie had. That kind of slowed it down a bit for me. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I, uh, Goodfellas had a girl. Uh, it seems like Scorsese's film always has a whiny girl in it. Casino, Sharon Stone was obnoxiously whining all the time. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, but fair here, she wasn't whiny. Oh, I she, mean, when she was all coked up, though, she's like... Bah, 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 bah. And it was annoying. The, the Goodfellas, uh, I forgot her name, uh, she's in there and she's going... And And she's always screaming, don't you ever get the blah, blah. It, Lone, and, and Wolf of Wall Street, another blonde going, don't you cheat on me, you son of a bitch. It's always a screaming woman. So Vera was nice and calm in this. And when she got mad, she, she kept it cool, which kind of broke away from the, uh, the angry babes in Scorsese films. <laughs> but, I think it is kind of important to have, uh, you know, like a character... That is in love with someone who is a good guy yeah. on the outside so that they can feel betrayed. So that there's a betrayal in the end when they inevitably discover that the person they thought that they loved was actually a piece of shit the whole time. Right. So if she was simply just his girlfriend and they had a couple of scenes where with, she was there, maybe that would be okay. Without the but psychiatrist. But this crazy act. thing where... Leonardo DiCaprio starts falling for her. Why was he even still going to a police psychiatrist? That's crazy. You there's, know? there's no point because you're not going to get any better. It, it just, that, that whole thing didn't make any sense to me. Like, if you're trying to pretend to be a gangster, pretend to be a gangster. Yeah. I, I guess he just Man wasn't up. handling it very mentally. No. Like, his, his brain was on crack. I, Without smoking. So maybe go to a different therapist on, on the down low. Why a police therapist? I mean, it feels like you're just setting yourself up then. Yeah, and then just reflecting on the negative. Yeah. That doesn't help you. No, I don't. I don't care. Well, now it's time for the section that you helped create. 
Ooh. Five trivia questions asked by the one who participated in picking the film for this particular episode. Breathe in. <gasps> you ready? I suppose. All right, hold on. Let me get my questions for you. Oh, boy. I, I was a good I, boy. I hope I get at least one. I hope I can read just one. Everybody knows my reading history. I set up five questions I thought you might like to try to answer. I do like trivia. Especially at Buffalo Wild Wings. You ever done that? No. You've never done the trivia at Buffalo Wild Wings? I don't think I've ever been to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, well, they also got it other different places, too. You get the little game pad, and then, like, maybe after you eat or while you're eating, uh, they got TVs all around uh, the place that have trivia on them, and you use the pin pad to answer the questions. You create, like, a little username, and it shows up on these. get free wings or something if you... No. Then I'm not going to waste my time trying to... It's fun. Oh. And you learn shit. Well, here, let's see if you know shit. Oh, boy. (laughs) Number one. In the beginning of the movie, what was the name of the comic book that was given to Little Sullivan? Oh, Jesus. Um, oh. I, I, I want only the first answer to count. Okay. So I'm going to say X-Men. But I also think it was a Wolverine comic. I think it was... I, I forgot the answers. You forgot the answer? It's over two you weeks. You forgot the answer. <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't write the answer down, too? No, I should have. I don't know why I didn't. I thought... Because I wrote these the same day we were going to record. It was Marvel's Wolverine number three. And the reason ah, that they call a- that a mistake, because it is a comic book mistake, that wouldn't have been available until later from the time that that was uh, recorded I bet you that's it was a misprint oh yeah. interesting yeah so that was just one of those instances of uh, you know we gotta get the kid a comic book so let's get him an old comic book but actually in the time period uh, that that scene was shot that comic book wouldn't be available yet something that like that saying? I think so oh, I'm not sure see, but anyway I knew it I said X-Men but that doesn't really count and you did say Wolverine I did that was my it was, I You're remember right. it was one of the two you're right that that counts as a hey ding 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 all right off to a hot start the girls are all here captain ellerby number two i'm so sorry captain ellerby was played by one mr alec baldwin what is the name of the podcast that mr alec baldwin hosts ah man and i love podcasts too but i all right i'm gonna it's on WNYC Radio. Oh, really? He's on. Well, yeah. there's a lot of them on WNYC. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> hot minute. I just made that up. I have no idea. Here's the thing, Lewis. What? Oh, that's what it's called. That's the name oh, of you it. son of a bitch. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Here's the thing with Alec Baldwin. Great podcast, everyone. Please check it out. Number three. It's way better than Alec Baldwin's first podcast. We've Alec just... Baldwin's thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it was such a short show. It didn't last long. It was very short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three. There isn't one. We discussed this already. There isn't one, but two Wahlbergs in the movie. And I did close that window. I saw you look over there. That's cheating. I have never cheated. But you also give me A, B, and C, and I'm not doing that today. But... Uh, the first one being Mark Wahlberg, and the second one being... Crap. Was it Robert? Tommy? James? 
Uh, Wahlberg, Wahlberg? <laughs> I don't remember. Donnie. Oh. Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, my God. I, I actually was going to say that. No, you should have. Shit. <laughs> Do any of those Wahlbergs even exist? Uh, I, I just doubt said? it. He Not was, even Wahlberg, Wahlberg? <laughs> it was Robert. It was Robert. It wasn't Donnie. I was wrong. Oh, man. Two points for Lewis. Two points for Lewis because he played. And I did put the answer here. Why didn't you put answers in other ones, Kevin? Ah, oh, man, you had me thinking I was crazy. Robert, who played Laszlo. Number. You want a question, Jerry? Jerry, do you want a question? He can only do true or false or qu- questions whose answer is meow. Who sang the uh, meow, meow, meow song first? Was it Morris the Cat or Felix? He looked to the left and said, so that meow. would be Morris. Morris! Hey, way to go! Good job, buddy. You got it, Jerry. The fourth question. Fourth question. Let's see if I could go with a majority win here. This would be sweet. All right, Jerry, you got to be quiet until we finish this. There isn't one, but two... Oh, stupid ass. Number four. What is the address for the meetup with Billy Cossigan and Captain Quinnen leading up to the death? He said, multi-chance here. Oh. I didn't put the answer, so I'm going to make them up. But I do kind of remember. Was it 344 or 314? The real address, not the fake one given. Well, it was 314. Um, Is the real one? Was the real address, and the fake one given to him was 316, right? No, I think it was 344, and he gave him 314. But hey, you're right. Because I suck at this. No, I'm not right. I actually don't remember. I don't either, but I think... See, it's little things like that in movies that always... uh, Only every once in a while do I I recall information like that. It's kind of one of those things where I watch so many movies, if I maintained all that, I'd probably be having the same problems the Rain Man's having right now. His brain gets all scrambled. Of course, there was always 344. 3,000. Of course, Wachner. (laughs) Wachner always. Question number five, which doesn't exist, so I'm going to make it up. Excellent. I never finished. I am so half-assed. You have a full ass. Oh, thank you. No, you are a full ass. No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's good co-ops and bad co-ops, right? I mean, kind of. They're all kind of bad cops. and But there are also those people in the mob. Who are all cops. <laughs> That's very true. And people are getting shot left and right. And up and down. And I'm, doing, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think I know the answer. And we're going to try this. Towards the end of the movie, from the point after Jack Nicholson getting shot, how many shots were there until the final scene and then the credits came up? You have 10 seconds to answer. Bullet bullet shots? Death. Okay. Yeah, death, death shots. Let's see here. Oh, m- m- like people getting killed. Oh, not actual bullet shots. Um, 35. Oh. Lower. Uh, 22. Way lower. Way lower? Felt like so many people were dying. 12. Lower? What's going on here? That can't be it. Five. 
No, what? All right, let's rewind. Coming down the elevator, who gets shot first? DiCaprio. One. Then all of a sudden, they step out of the elevator. Anderson's like, what the? Da-da? Two. Then all of a sudden, there's Matt Damon. What the hell? He shoots the new guy in the head. Three. And then Matt Damon goes walking around. He's like, oh, thank God. I lied. It's only four. Because Mark Warburg takes out Matt Damon. Are we counting? This is after Jack Nicholson dies. Yeah, are we counting, um, what's his face? Uh, the, the baddie bad guy? Um, because he dies. He croaks. Which one is that? Uh, the one that gets, uh, shot in the shootout between the cops, uh, after Quinnen dies. Oh, I forgot about all those. So you were right. So that's, that's the quiz. <laughs> I work much harder on the quiz the next time I pick a movie. It's <laughs> all good. I got you picking. I have one more question for you. Well, actually two, because I want to ask you what your next film choice is. But would or should or could there ever be a sequel? Um, well, I, there's nobody left. Yeah, there's no one left, really. Unless Mark Wahlberg runs out. I mean, out. you could call it Departed 2, and that would just be kind of a cheap money grab. So, no, no, no sequel. I agree. Yeah. No point. Simple as that. And, and uh, um, Scorsese's not one to make sequels of anything. Yeah, I guess not. No, not really. Well, now it's up to you, my friend. What is the next film we're going to see? I know what it is. This has been a movie that I have been watching the hell out of. Rarely does a movie like this come along where I can just keep watching it over and over and over again, especially close together. Like, I've seen Jurassic Park maybe about ten times, but that's since 1993. Right. You know? Over the course of every couple of years, I could rewatch that movie. This only came out less than a year ago, and I've watched it maybe almost ten times now. Yeah, which is bananas. I think cuckoo, the only I think that goes with the cuckoo bananas. Yeah, um, it's Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Yeah, which I have not seen yet, so I'm going to and give you my is first, a uh, spectacular movie that very well may move into my top five. It may squeak something right out of there and just gross pop right up there with the other Blade Runner. You gotta see a doctor about that squeaking. I don't know. Every every once in a while, I have to rewrite my favorite movie list because it changes. New movies come out. You know, you gotta. You were kind enough to purchase me the uh, 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 a digital copy. Correct. Thank you. And you were kind enough to give me the um, the music soundtrack. The a music long soundtrack. Time ago. Thank yep. you for that very Which much. I, I I've been enjoy loving. It. Yeah, I've been li- loving but as it. as a companion to having seen the movie. I feel like once you have seen the movie, listening to that soundtrack will put the image of the movie in your head. So if you have an appreciation for it now, I fall you're gonna to crazy it a love lot. it. It's so peaceful. It is such a beautiful Hans Zimmer, right? Yeah, Hans Zimmer. Um, great music. And the cool thing about uh, this movie too is it's going to be the second movie by uh, Louis Villeneuve. It's the same name you gave him in the first uh, Blade Runner movie. Um, who also directed Arrival. So. Love his sandwiches. Yep. And so he's kind of uh, knocking him out of the park now. The sandwich is great. Oh, I can't wait. So I am looking forward to this. Uh, so, guys, thank you so much for listening. Jerry, thank you for being a part of our show. Ayo. Um, Lewis, thank you for coming back. Um, I'm sorry that it's been so long, and hopefully. Would you mind? I'm talking to my friend. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I hope it doesn't take this long to do it again in the future. I don't think it will. Winter and, is almost over. Yeah, so. and we're having a lot of cookouts 
Excellent. So I wish we were having one tonight, but we don't have a... I don't know what Shelly has in mind. We might end up cooking something. Hmm. Interesting. What's the matter, Jerry? Well, folks. Um, so join us next time when Jerry says... You're a fucking cop? <clears throat> Jerry, watch your mouth. <laughs> That that was about as good as the ending of the movie because you had no clue that that was coming. <laughs> Please visit Zerbinator.wordpress.com. Visit Zerbinator Land on Facebook, Google Plus, and Twitter. All shows available in iTunes, Stitcher, RSS Download, and Google Play. Thanks for listening. Have a good night.